both use this life and our words wisely and kindly. We're to use the time that we have here to edify, to strengthen, to encourage. And, and let me encourage you as believers, as ambassadors for Christ each and every day uh, with a realization that, boy, this life is short. If I'm going to make an impact, I better do it today. And you wake up every morning thinking, I want to be a blessing. Every morning you wake up thinking, I want to be that ambassador for Christ. Every morning, I want to be that individual that blesses somebody's life. Lord, what, what are you going to do with me today to glorify you? Lord, what can I do today to take advantage of this time that you have given me in order that I might tell someone about your goodness, about your grace? I remember a phrase I've heard growing up so many times, and I've been actually told this you know, a whole lot of times, uh, was that uh, I'd say I'm going to do something, and they'd say, oh, you got plenty of time for that. you got plenty of time for that. Well, just here recently, I'm thinking, wait a minute. No, I don't. No, you really, you really don't have plenty of time for that. I, I realize that I spent the first quarter of my life wishing I were older. I've spent the last quarter, I'm mean, like, this is the last quarter, I really don't know how long, but, I, but I've spent the last few years wishing I was younger. Now, in between, not really caring. But see, it's in that between, in between when we really need to be serving the Lord and living for Him and understanding how important our ministry and our lives are. We get too busy in the middle part to take notice. But see, uh, and, and one, of life's, uh, one of life's biggest tragedies, one of life's biggest tragedies is you get old too soon and wise too late. You ever thought about that? You get old too soon and wise too late. One of the truest things I've ever heard is my dad used to always say this. And in the barbershop, he used to hang this sign as I was growing up as a kid. Uh, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. I heard that as, a, as I, used, I used to go into the barbershop in Millbrook, Alabama, and, and, and Mr. Herman Knapp had that above his thing, uh, above his chair. And I'd read that sitting there, and, and that had an impact on me. Only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. I remember vividly, many years ago, it was over, uh, well, it was almost 30 years ago now, uh, Faye and I had, had purchased my, grand, my grandparents' old farm in Tallahassee, Alabama, and, and uh, we were working on it and, and fish, fixing it up and, and enjoying it and had some timber on it. And, and we were cutting the timber off of that, off the farm. And there was an old guy that lived down the street or down the road from us. And his grandson came over to help us cut the, cut the wood on the place. And the granddad came along. And he was probably in his 90s at that time. And so, you know, he came along and he brought him a stool. 
and he brought the stool and we were down in the woods and he brought that stool and he plopped it down and he sat on that stool and he had a cane and he put that cane down and he put that down and he sat there and he watched us. Didn't say anything all day as we were getting wood cut off and, and stacking it and doing all sorts of things with it. And we finally got done in the afternoon and we were sort of packing up and getting ready to leave. And I'll never forget that he looked at me and he said, Son, it's now your turn. I've had my turn. It's now your turn. And that just kind of struck me. And, and I don't know if it was the way he said it. There was a longing in his heart. There was a sadness in his voice. But there was also a, an encouragement, an encouraging aspect of it in his voice. And he just said, Son, it's now your turn. And that stayed with me. Those two things have stayed with me over the years. And understanding that how quickly life is done and over with. And what God calls on us to do is to be faithful. And to realize that time is, is a priceless commodity. Time is a priceless commodity. We need to spend it wisely. The scriptures tell us that we are to redeem the times. Redeem the times for the days are evil. That means buy up the time. Buy it up. Use it wisely. Take advantage of that time that we have. And folks, I'm not talking about taking the time to, to get wealthy. Taking the time to... to uh, Build fame and wealth. I'm, we redeem the time in order to do the things that God has placed us here to accomplish, accomplish for him. Because there is absolutely more to come after this life. Well, as we talk about using our time wisely, there are five biblical resolutions that I'd like to see us as a church adopt. Five biblical resolutions. Hey, and, and folks, you say, well, it's no longer January. Uh, this, it, this don't have to be your resolutions for 2020, even though it says for 2020. Scratch that. Uh, I don't care when you pick up, well, I do care when you take up these five biblical resolutions, but I hope it's today. February the 2nd, 2020, is when these five, you become resolved to be more conscientious in doing these five biblical resolutions with your life. Dedicated to not wasting valuable time. The first resolution is do what God's Word tells us to do and apply this resolution, and that is rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Look with me, 1 Timothy, I mean 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. Rejoice evermore. That's, a, that's something that you can say, I want to do every day. I'm going to tell you something. My flesh loves to gripe. Maybe somebody, maybe some of the other can, other people can relate to this. My flesh loves to gripe. It's easy for me to be a critical individual. 
I can be critical. The flesh and the spirit, they war. But what God's word tells us to do, what glorifies God, is for me to do that. Rejoice evermore. Look at Philippians 4.4. 4. Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Psalm 33, 1. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. That's what God's Word calls us to do. To rejoice. Not complain. Not gripe. I think rejoicing, as a matter of fact, I'm sure it is, rejoicing is healthy. Rejoicing is something that benefits our spirit, that benefits who who God's called us to be. So the first resolution that you say, I'm going to adopt uh, today, is I want to rejoice evermore. Psalm 118, verse 24. Psalm 118, 24. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, you read these verses and you kind of get the idea that a child of God is supposed to be doing what? Rejoicing. Rejoicing. This is the day the Lord has made. And he's allowed me to breathe. He's allowed me to wake up. He's allowed me to to be active on his behalf. And we have so much to rejoice over. So the first resolution is to rejoice. Wake up with an attitude of gratitude. I don't know who uh, who, uh, uh, came up with that phrase, but I like it. I don't know who coined that phrase, but an attitude of gratitude. Did anybody here come up with it? Okay, I did. So I'll take an attitude of gratitude. It's what God expects from those who have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. For those who know Him as Savior, who know that eternal life is there, theirs is to rejoice evermore. The second resolution, biblical resolution, is for us not to worry about anything. Not to worry about anything. Philippians chapter 4, starting with verse 4. Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord again, always, and again I say rejoice. Verse 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6. Be careful for nothing. In other words, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Your second resolution is not to worry about anything, which that means eliminating the news from your life. 
But it, you, you listen to the news, and you've got this pestilence going on, you've got this war head happening, you've got this going on and that going on, and it, it seems as if the only news you ever hear nowadays is bad news. But God's word's clear. Be careful, be anxious, be worried about nothing. You know why? Because God's got it under control. See, I don't know what this year holds, but I know who holds this year. I don't know what's going to happen this year, but I know who does. And I safely, confidently, confidently trust in him, knowing that he is in charge. But not to worry about anything. As a matter of fact, it's not healthy to worry. It is not healthy. It's bad for you to worry, to be anxious for stuff. Now, I'm not saying not be concerned uh, about things that are happening. Like our mouse problem, yeah. We're, uh, you can say, well, I'm not going to be worried about all the rats running around here when we leave. Yeah, we, we want to be concerned about that, and we want to make sure they're taken care of and, and those nasty critters are out of here. So there are things that you are uh, to be concerned about and not neglect, but we're not to be anxious. We are not to worry about anything. And you need to know that's difficult for me, for your pastor. That's difficult for me. I live my life with the understanding or the thinking, it's not the understanding, every, my thinking is that every problem needs my solution. I, and I'm, I'm just going to let you in on a little secret. That's how I live my life. Thinking that that every crisis is determined solely by how I react to it and by my efforts and ability to fix it. Even the mice, even the rats, all the things that are going on. I really have to work on not trying to be bossy and be the boss of everything that goes on. And I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't talk to my wife about that, whether it's true or not. But I do. See, fortunately here at Bible Fellowship, I have elders and deacons who've made it quite clear to me that I'm not in charge. That, and I, I got to tell you how much I appreciate that. That's, you're not to be concerned with that. Okay, and it's, and it's hard to turn loose. It's hard to let go and not be concerned about it. But I'm going to tell you something. God has raised up Godly men, and, we, and the, the deaconesses, folks, i got to tell you, without the deaconesses, ooh, I, you would have seen what a slob and, and how, diff, how bad I do things a long time ago, how unorganized I am. But God has given us men and women. He's given us a leadership here in this church that, that take that burden off of, off of me. And okay, I guess what I'm confessing, it's really not a burden. It's really what my, my flesh wants to do. No, give me that. Let, let me fix that. Let me do that. That's, that's my job. No, it's not. So they're really ministering to me by saying, uh-uh, turn loose. Just turn loose. And I've got to tell you, 
how much I appreciate that. Because I would fret over everything. Everything. But see, it's God's word that says, be anxious for nothing. And so I have to turn to that and say, Lord, I, I recognize that is a sin. I recognize that that is not pleasing to you. Lord, I realize that my worry and my concern is not what your word tells me to do. And I want your word to just saturate, to bathe, to direct my life. I want to be pleasing to you, Lord, because if I weren't not being pleasing to God, I'd be worried about that. And that's the thing I really don't want to worry about is whether or not I'm pleasing God. Because see, basically when, when I worry about things and I fret about things, I'm saying, Lord, you really aren't in control. Lord, really, Romans 8.28 may apply to other people, but it doesn't apply to me. For we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. See, if I have to take so many of the things, if, if, if we have to take all of those things that we fret and worry about and put them on our shoulders, we're going contrary to what God's Word tells us to do. Besides, why do we worry when we can pray? Why worry when we can pray? And that's what God's Word tells us to do. And when we, when we pray... God's promise to us is that he gives us a peace that passes understanding. And I challenge you this morning to be resolved to pray over everything. To pray over everything. And that's the third. Pray without ceasing. Ephesians our, our First Thessalonians 5.17 tells us to rejoice in the Lord, but it also tells us to pray without ceasing. Lord, I'm resolved this year that I am going to pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6.18 Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. See, that's what God's Word tells us to do, praying always with all prayer and supplication, praying without ceasing. Back to Philippians chapter 4. Verse 4, Tim. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Verse 5, just let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And so what's God going to do? He's going to do it, or is he going to give us a peace that passes understanding? The next verse tells us, verse 7, Tim. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's God's word to us. Not to worry, to pray about everything, 
And the promise that we have from God in this present dispensation is that when we pray about it, God is going to give us His peace, that peace that passes understanding, that peace that comes upon us that the world is going to marvel at. The world is going to wonder, how do they do it? How do they keep their sanity? How do they keep praising during these difficult times? See, that, that's what we can claim from God. When you're going through a difficult time, and you'll say, you know what, I prayed, and, the, and God's Word tells us that whatever we ask in His name, He will do it. Well, you need to rightly divide the Word and understand that was for a different dispensation. And, and you can pray all day for that mountain to be moved. But what our prayer is, what we're instructed to do, that was, had to do with the apostolic authority during the kingdom. And that is absolutely going to be in effect during that time. But during this present dispensation, the thing that we can claim, you talk about name it and claim it? Here's what you can name and claim. Number one is that you pray about it and God, you said you're going to give me that peace that passes understanding. And you know what he will do? He'll give you that peace that passes understanding. Make no bones about it. Don't, don't wonder about it. God will do it. He'll give you that peace that passes all understanding. So you pray about everything. The next thing God calls us to do is think about the right things. I just about could have made this sermon all about Philippians, Philippians chapter 4. But verse 8, verse 8, talk about, think about the right things. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So we're going to rejoice evermore. We're not going to worry about anything. We're going to pray without ceasing. And we are going to think about the right things for the glory of God. Those are resolutions that are critical in a believer's life. Think about those type of, type of things. What sort of things are true, honest, just, pure? And the fifth, and the fifth thing that we need to be resolved to do is thank God in all things. Thank God in all things. Regardless of what's going on in your life, you thank God in all things. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. For in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I am going to be resolved this year that I am going to endeavor. I am going to re be resolved that in everything I'm going to thank God. In everything, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. 
That's kind of difficult at times, isn't it? That's hard. I acknowledge that in everything. There are things that happen. There are things that go on in our lives that it's hard to thank God for. But then our minds have to go to Romans 8.28. Our, our minds have to go to, to Romans 5.3, which talks about the tribulations that we enter into. Those tribulations, that strife, that turmoil, God uses to make us stronger. God uses to build our faith. God uses to cause us to understand that He is not ever going to let us down. In everything. We give thanks, yeah. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. I've got news for you. I don't like to glory in bad stuff that goes on in my life. It's hard. But we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations works patience. And it goes on and on and on. It talks about how God uses those tribulations. Ephesians 5, verse 20. In all things, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father. See, I, I can understand how we thank Him in all things. But thank Him for all things that are taking place? It, it, but it's what God's Word tells us to do. Or you don't thank God for sin. You don't thank God for, for evil. And it, that, I'm, it's not talking about that. But things that come into your life... Uh, it, it makes you stronger. It makes you d d depend on Him more. As a matter of fact, now I'm talking for myself, I know this, that it is, during, it is during difficult, hard times that I tend to spend more time in God's Word and more time in prayer. It's when I'm in a difficult situation that I'll turn and say, Lord, I, I need your help. I am so dependent upon you now. You'd think that he'd go, boy, I'm just going to make you having a tough time more often. But he doesn't because he is such a loving God and he's such a gracious God. And his word is so clear that he's not going to put more on me than I, than I can bear. He's faithful. And I can trust him to do that. Aren't you glad you can trust him? Aren't you glad this morning that you've been bought with a price you don't belong to yourself so this morning as we start out 2020 we're gonna we're gonna rejoice in 2020 we're not gonna worry in 2020 we're gonna think on the things that are good we're going to pray without ceasing and we're going to give thanks in all things those are the New Year's resolutions that really count, that we need to understand. In Psalm 90, verse 12, So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Teach us to number our days. Because like James said, it's like a vapor, and then it's gone. Don't blink. Don't blink. Fortunately, praise be to God that eternal life is ours through Christ.
And I pray this morning that you know Christ as your Savior. That you know that He is the one who died on the cross for your sins. Now this morning we are going to observe the Lord's Supper. This morning we are 